Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. This is episode 110. Uh, Peter and I have been kind of off the air for a few weeks. Um, and usually uh, we like to kind of keep some continuity from one podcast to the next. But today we're going to just take a little time out, uh, partly uh, to recognize the reason that we have been off the air. On Monday, April 12th, uh, Lynn Bernstein passed away, and we are all grieving deeply. And we think of her with love and uh, great respect, great treasuring of her um, as a woman of courage and strength and love. We do know also that there are many, many people grieving now. I think the last number we saw was over 550,000 people That's had passed away from the COVID pandemic. 565,000. And then I think it's nine people are grieving for each one, which brings it to over five million people are now actively grieving. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. <coughs> and we thought that it would be a value, we believe it would be a value today to talk a little bit about the process of grief, the experience of grief, which is both emotional and physical. Mm. Yes. And uh, at the end, I think we're going to take a little time to talk about something that I think puzzles many people, is what do you say to someone that's grieving, mm -hmm. that is both sensitive and caring and not uh, going to be something that uh, will be uh, distressing to them. It's been a topic for really thousands of years. The old, in the Old Testament, they have what they call like the rabbinical commentaries. And that's not the content necessarily of the Bible, it's commentaries on what's been written. And in the Jewish traditions, they have a thing called sitting shiva, which has to do with the first seven days of active grieving. Um, it's actually, although the orthodoxy of it is quite rigid, the humanity of it is absolutely dialed in about people needing to grieve openly over the loss of a loved one. And in many of those commentaries, I remember reading them, they actually talk about how to go about talking to the, to the, begrie to the, the, one that's, the person that's grieving when you go visit them. Very specific. What astounds me is how sensitive it is mm -hmm. and how appropriate. Um, it tends to be, orthodoxy, I was raised that way, it tends to be quite rigid, it's true. But yet, when you get to the core of humanity and what they're really addressing very clearly, it's so human and so appropriate. And something that we lack today is, uh, well, where do people go when they're grieving? Uh, what are the rituals of, uh, available and all those kinds of things. And I think it's such a mixed bag today. We are such a secular society. Um, but I do think that people need many of those Old Testament kinds of sensitivities today. It's just as of course it's just as appropriate today. Um, I can now speak from personal experience that I've lost the love of my life a week ago, a week and a half, two weeks ago now. We buried her last Wednesday. And this is a sad time, uh, one that I've dreaded for a long time. We've been taking care of my wife, I would say actively, for five and a half years. Yes, I think And so. I made sure that she had everything she needed. We wound up with six caregivers around the clock. 
I took care of her all night, although she wasn't suffering in pain, but I was on alert and up every hour. Um, and other than being a little tired, I have no regrets whatsoever. I feel like what we did for her and how I did it was the most loving, humane thing I could possibly do that would prevent me, in the end, from having regrets that I didn't do enough for her. I know I did. I love her. I miss her terribly. Um, what is grief like for you now? For me? Mm -hmm. Well, astoundingly, in some ways it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And um, But what, you, what, it, what really astounds me is how it just kind of can come up at any time. And the emotion of it can be so powerful. And I'm used to emotion. But this can catch me off guard and it can be very, very strong little things that I remember, little things that I see, uh, people mentioning touching things, and I'm in ready to cry. Hearing a song that an old man loved would do it. <clears throat> and yet, the thing I've been dreading for years of taking care of Lynn was the day that she would pass, and what that would do, and how I would be. I was terrified. I don't get scared of a lot, but I carried a fear of what that was going to be like. Well, here it is. And to be honest with you, I can go on. And I can live my life, and I can do things, and function quite well. But also, I'm keenly aware that the grief is with me, and that it can come up at any time. Um, it's a time that I also feel it's uh, uh, lonely at times. I have not had any time to myself, and this is not a complaint, for at least five or six years. And I got used to it. In fact, it was comforting to know I had such remarkably angelic teams of caregivers here at the Institute and for Lynn, just a godsend, they were all remarkable. And now it's over, and so they don't have to be here anymore. We were going to we were hired some for the Institute because they're just too precious to let go of. Um, some already were employees of the Institute anyway, so that was convenient, and they're not going any place. But the one thing is that there's not a lot of people around. And I finish work late at night, and we get late. We can get done quite late, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. It's done. Nobody's here. The um, place is empty, and it's quiet. Um, when I wake up in the morning, there's not people here ready to take care of Lynn. <coughs> it's just me and my dog, Benny, who's also grieving. But I'll tell you something. I know I can get through this. I know I'll survive it. I'm learning a lot about my capabilities <coughs> Um, I'm also aware of something that I've been always conscious of. Uh, I don't don't say this religiously. I wish I had a deeper sense right now. But I know a lot of the strength that I'm getting is from God. I feel it. Because I feel like I'm able to cope and deal with things, work, help other people, um, function, um, do many of the things that I always wanted, always needed to do. Um, and, they, and life goes on. So I, I'm not a person that's not functional. Uh, on the contrary, and I also know that other people around me are grieving, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. and we've got to, at times, and I'm able to do this, able to put my grief aside temporarily to help others. I've always had that ability with my work, but this is this is a, a, a plan in action, and it works. But when I have time by myself, the chances of those very strong sense that all very strong sense of grief overtakes me. And I don't have to think about anything. It's just a visceral kind of 
overpowering. I love my wife. I still do. I miss her. She was the light of my life. Um, I feel that our relationship was a place of healing, a place where I could co be a completed man. She helped me do that. Um, to have a relationship where I can honestly say that I love my wife every day of the 47 years we're together is true. And I know that was true for her. Our last time together uh, was interesting. Intuitively, we had a sense, uh, I did, that I better make final arrangements. And we've done it, we did it twice before. Yeah. And yet she would pop through it. But this time I didn't feel that way. We didn't know when it was going to happen. I finished at 5.15 on a Monday night and expected to go back to work. And Jenny came out and said, Lynn is going to the chain Stokes breathing, which is the last stages of breathing. Um, very labored, and very, it's torturous to watch, it's very painful. Mm -hmm. So, God's timing was pretty darn close. Um, so, we all were with her, my son and his children and his wife were there, many of her caregivers and friends were there, and we, we stayed with Lynn right to the end, to the last breath. And if there was one thing I wanted to make sure of, that I was going to be here for her, for her end. And it was it was very, it was, it was hard to watch. But one of the things that I saw in Lynn was she didn't want to leave me. But it was almost like she couldn't hold on anymore. And it was like, at one point she looked, could you help me? And I, God, my heart was breaking, I couldn't. Yeah. And then after that, as she was moving away, she, I could see in her eyes saying, I wish I could stay longer for you, but I can't. It was very painful, very profound, and very human. So, yes, I am grieving. Um, my body at times hurts. I, we're, we're people that are very conscious and kinesthetic about our bodies. And not only is grief in our emotion and on our thinking, it's definitely in our bodies and our nervous systems. And we've read some, it's a very interesting thing that's what's been happening lately. Because this is, I'm not isolated and we're not isolated in what we're going through. Oh Lord, it feels very difficult. Take a look at the editorials coming out of the New York Times or any of the big newspapers. Mm -hmm. There are articles on grieving, uh, the biology of grieving, which I'll mention in a minute, mm -hmm. articles on families coming together after being uh, separated, separated because of isolating for because COVID-19, yeah. and they're coming together now, and the losses these people have suffered are profound. Um, there was one story I, where the... the the husband had dementia, and the wife had Parkinson's. And while they were in an assisted living facility over the last year, the wife did pass. And so, uh, and they, there couldn't be no family allowed at all for any no, of this. No. That's been the story for so hundreds of thousands of family members. Yes, that only the medical personnel are there with them at the time. And they can be just angels, but it's taking quite a toll on them as well. Yeah. So this has been an unusually difficult year. It certainly has for us. Um, and yet, and I look at our time <coughs> together, our, all of us spent time with Lynn, and it was so precious we'll never forget it. And so many wonderful changes. You know, I, I read about that and you go, well, what could be good about grief? There are really changes that begin to take place that are profound, that you can't face or come to in any other way mm -hmm. until you deal with losing a loved one.
And I've seen so much. My wife was also wonderful testimonial strength and what kind of woman she was. Not in the sense of being overbearing, assertive, or overcompetitive, although she was extremely competent. Mm -hmm. um, she was she was an inspiration to an awful lot of people in this yes, town. She was. Uh, I hear people talk to, about her in Florida. Yeah. Um, here is just she had a, a very profound effect on people. She helped a lot of people. She cared. She was sincere. She was straight, mm -hmm. and and, uh, and had a heart of gold. So she's she's deeply missed. But I think we've all benefited from being around her, particularly in the last three and a half, four years, which were very, very difficult. Um, and yet, we all seem to become better people through it all. To me, that's precious, and I'll never let that go. Um, but I think talking about grief is, we, we've talked about it in other episodes. Many times we've talked about Lynn's legacy, which we are going to definitely build programs on, mm -hmm. for caregiving. And we talk about the things that we were learning through caregiving and taking care of Lynn and whatever. Well, now we're in a different, the final phase, the end, end phase. And this is different because there's no, it's so she's gone. Um, it, very interesting, and I'll share this with you, and I hope this helps others. I really do. That's what this is all about today. I'd rather not do this. And yet our calling and our Yes. Um, desire is to help others face this. I wish people would have done this for me. I really do. Yeah. Um, but there are things that I've I've learned through that, throughout this whole thing that I didn't have a handle on until now. And um, so I'm willing to share today um, from a very personal pl place um, to help others going through this and I know you, the one thing is we are all going to go through it one form or another no one leaves this life alive no. and how often do we talk about death how often do we really talk about the experience of being at someone's side that you love how often not too often and there's a reason for it it is so painful and I think my, a lot of the, our culture is based on avoiding talking about this or even facing it because it's so powerful. Yes. I feel it needs to be talked about. I really do. Yeah. Um, There's an article that the, the church is, I think in the middle, middle age, middle, medieval ages, it was called Ars Mariendi, it was a Christian doctrine, when they said Christian, I don't know exactly what the nomination was, mm -hmm. but it talked about the art of dying. And it talked about what comes, the process of being with someone who's dying and when you love them. And it talked about the genuineness that begins to develop mm -hmm. and how priorities become so clear about what's important and what really isn't. Yeah. Um, it talks about there's no time for anything but the most genuine talk. Truthful. Truthful. About what matters most. Loving, caring. If there's regret, remorse. All of these things come up um, it's a very special time. Um, I know with my wife, I've always loved having her near because our work is filled with our being bombarded through traumas with the terrible pain and not all of it were pretty and all, not all very nice. But I could be in my wife's presence for a matter of a few minutes and feel purged and cleansed and renewed. 
Um, but we had a very honest, loving relationship, and she was just that way anyway. Um, so I think that's one of the things about all of this, is that you, you, your priorities realign, and all of a sudden, what's important comes right to the predominant point, and what isn't, which is many of the worldly things that we all seem to put our, our trust in and faith in, fall to the wayside. And it is true. I think the way we interact with others, um, talk about the energy that uh, we, it takes a, a, a positive, powerful energy to help people in need. But there's so much that goes on that can draw you away from that and draw you into very negative kind of interactions. That, when, they, when you're dealing with this aspect of life, you, have, you get very efficient about your energy. Mm -hmm. I know I did. Yeah. And I don't see, and people need to know, don't waste your time on what isn't important. Don't get caught up in um, what the world is throwing at you. It just goes on whether you're grieving or not, which I have found out in many ways at times. Um, you just have to preserve yourself because what you have to give has got to be considered precious to those that really matter. So anyway, we pay attention to that. And uh, I know in business dealings that I've had, and I am the head of the institute, I've been in the, in and out of the business world for a long time. I don't love it, but I know how to deal with it. And I've had people uh, talk to me at times, and I look at them and I go, you know, I'm not interested in this deal. I'm not interested in doing this. Nothing matters more to me now than Lynn. And that's where my attention, my energy, my money, everything goes. So you really are below that. And if you want, if you want a higher priority, you better go someplace else because you're not going to get it. And I've been living that way. And I'll tell you what, it's kept me in a pretty honest place. And I like, I like being there. The other, to me, is just a waste of time and energy. So there's a kind of a consciousness that can develop that's very important. Um, I know that this is a lot to take. It's a lot for me to talk about. It is. And I wonder what Jenny has to say. I'll be was, honest with you. I was just going to say that uh, I just want to make sure we have time before we close. And we're getting close to our, our time. Jesus um, One of the things we've been talking about uh, among ourselves here is how difficult it can feel to know what to say to someone who's grieving. Yeah. Uh, you want to express your care and your compassion, oh, yeah, yeah. but you also don't want to act like you know how they're feeling, or if you think you do, you probably don't. You don't. And you received something today from a very A friend, sweet and a hospice a worker. Yeah. I have a lot of friends all over the country that they do this kind of work. a lot of wisdom in it, and I would like to have time to share that before we close. And I would say that this is a very common, heartfelt kind of thing that we're going to read about. But I tell you, the Old, Old Testament scholars knew about this because they spoke about it. Yeah. And the oral traditions, they speak just about things like this. But let me read this to you because I think it's beautiful. Um, I want to thank Michael, um, one of my favorite hospice workers and social workers in um, Coral Spring. Well, he's in uh, South Florida. I have, uh, there's a whole team there that I just love. So let me read this to you. I'm reading the part that I can see. It says, don't tell me that I'll survive how I will surely grow. Don't tell me this is just a test, that I'm truly blessed, that I'm chosen for this task apart from all the rest. Don't come at me with answers that can only come from me. Don't tell me how my grief will pass, that I will soon be free. Don't stand in pious judgment 
of the bounds I must untie. Don't tell me how to suffer and don't tell me how to cry. My life is filled with selfishness right now. My pain is all I see. But I need you. I need your love unconditionally. Accept me in my ups and downs. I need someone to share. Now, there's more to this, and I... Let's go back. Okay, I need Jenny's technical abilities Is here. it up here? No, it's here. It's here, okay. All right. Except my ups and downs. I need someone to share. Just hold my hand and let me cry. And say, my friend, I care. That, to me, is as wise and sensitive and compassionate as can be. No one can know what you feel for your experiences of grief other than you. Now, other people have had grief, and they can have compassion and empathy, but they don't know, because they're not in your skin, what you're feeling. Only you know that. And it's very important for we as outsiders, and I'm not an outsider right now, to respect and honor that. Um, anyway, I hope that we're conveying a very practical, down-to-earth, heartfelt message to you today. I know it's not an upbeat time. I wish I could say it would be. I will say this. There is hope. Yeah. And I do feel that. And I know out of this, good things will come eventually. But I don't fool myself. I still have to go through all the different changes, all the grief, all the emotion, all the physical and biological implications of grief I know that you have to go through it there's no circumventing but I also know that there's hope and out of this there will be a, a new day I know it and even during these times there will be through the dark clouds there will be rays of light that shine upon you I know it's true and we you have to live for those because those are precious gifts particularly at these difficult times so definitely look for those very special moments of hope and the light that I attribute to God and know that there will be another day, a better day. But right now, if you're suffering or you're in pain or you're grieving, honor and respect what you're going through. You're, you're human and you're not alone. All my best to you. I send my love and my best wishes to all of you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity that relies entirely on donations. If what we've done today has helped you in any way, please consider donating to them at sctraumatreatment.org. Our website is the Survivor's Guide to Life.com where you'll find a link to all of our podcasts, both uh, on, on podcast outlets and to our YouTube channel, where you'll see us in person. Uh, Peter and I can be reached at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. We would love your feedback to hear what we can do to answer your questions. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Please like us and share. And also, please join us again next time.